Warning, content on this episode may be too graphic for some listeners or viewers as we talk about cannibalism in jungle films. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. New York City is only a day away from the green inferno of the Amazon jungle. Four Americans plunge into the savagery of the Amazon jungle to film a documentary. They never come back. Are they still alive? If so, where are they? Shocking. Actually filmed in the Amazon jungle. Starts this coming Friday at the town theater. Due to shocking scenes of violence, no one under 17 will be admitted. Welcome to the Root Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus, and today we'll be talking about jungle horror films, particularly uh, jungle cannibal films. Um, I'm here with uh, my special guest on the show to help me talk about some cannibal films. He's one of the co-hosts of I Like It Spooky Podcast and is a part of the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, along with this podcast. So, actually, uh, Brian Godsill is the first person uh, from the PFPN to be on my show. So, uh, welcome to the show, Brian. First ever? Man, you're shooting the bar real low on this one. (laughs) (laughs) No, man. I, You know, I've been... uh, trying to get either like Jason or Tad on my show, but uh, just because they're kind of like the forefathers of the podcast network and, you know, they they do a lot of stuff for the, the I would say like the horror film scene in Iowa in general, like, you know, mm-hmm. they run Halloween of Palooza um, with Mike as well, Insane Mike. But um, yeah, I mean, they've been doing Halloween of Palooza for a lot of years. Uh, Tad's been running the uh, the SNAF Film Festival, or uh, my bad, what is uh, Snake? yeah, SNAF, yep, oh, SNAF, Snake right. Alley Festival of Film, myself. yeah, yeah, it's SNAF, 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I was, I was lucky and I live like 45 minutes from Burlington. So I spent two days last year at SNAP and I think a day the year before. Um, And of course, Halloween of Palooza. I've been to that the last couple of years. And I was one of the judges for the film festival this year at Halloween of Palooza. So again, they were scraping the bottom of the barrel. Nobody else would raise their hand, you know, so they're like, <laughs> that kid will do it. He'll do anything. <laughs> and I, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. I seen actually Halloween of Palooza and SNAF had a couple shorts that got uh, Chainsaw Awards recommendations from uh, really? Fangoria. Yeah. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I've always liked the atmosphere of Halloween of Palooza. Um, I, I didn't get to go this year, unfortunately. Um, so I don't know what, like what the new venue looks like, but I just, I loved the, the atmosphere of Hotel Otumwa. I don't know what happened there, but I think they just wanted a bigger venue. They, uh, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bigger venue. It's got a theater built in there. It's got, um, bathrooms and, um, concessions and that if it continues to grow, it sounds like they're going to move it into an even bigger area. And it had some, you know, side rooms and off to the side stuff. Um, hotels tell me what it sounded like was going through a transition um, where somebody knew had bought it and they weren't sure that those people would honor their contract, you know, or their old contract and things they'd done in the past. So they're like, we got to kind of make a decision now before like the convention happens and building that relationship with the Bridgeview center in Ottumwa, there's going to be a hotel right there. They're actually probably almost done with it. So the convention will be right across from a hotel Mm. there. Should be a very nice space. We actually went, um, Clint came from Michigan. My other co-host Jason Underwood came from the quad cities. We had a table there. We did a live podcast episode with uh, our friend, Justin beam. Did some old 80s grindhouse trailers and just talked about them and <laughs> shot the shit and, you know, riffed on each other because that's what Justin likes to do um, with right. me anyway. He's nice to everybody else, but for some reason he likes to give me a hard time. <laughs> Sometimes that I think helps, just helps the flow, you know, if you yeah, yeah. kind of give, give each other shit, um, you know, mm-hmm. makes, make, makes, uh, definitely podcast experiencing better i think but um yeah i'll i'm gonna have him back on the show too he me and him have been talking a little bit i don't know what we're gonna talk about but you know anytime i can get justin on the show it, <laughs> i definitely want to have him on the oh, show and a, just talk about whatever it's like opening the doors to a library when you talk to him you just don't know what direction it's going to take you and there's just a vast amount of knowledge in that oh, man's yeah. brain that I don't have. That's why we're in the jungle <laughs> right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And speaking of the jungle, um, we're from the Midwest, so it is freezing cold, snowy. Um, we're, we're inside trying to stay warm. So what better way to try to stay warm than think about the hot jungle and the terror that uh, can be found in the jungle. Uh, so jungle cannibal films is going to be kind of the main topic today. Um, 
you might see my cat in the background. Hopefully, you don't make a mess. But um, yeah, the cat's safe. Yeah, the cat the cat won't get eaten by the cannibals. Um, but me and no, Brian might no. get ate if we if we uh, travel yeah, the Amazon yeah. River. <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't. Uh, so this. No. I don't know if you want to lead into the story about this, the episode or what we're doing here, but uh, I think I had posted on Facebook or one of the social media sites that Cannibal Holocaust was coming out with a 4K um, from 88 films. And I was like, oh, I think I'll pick that up. Um, And then I also picked up Green Inferno is the name of the movie. And most people will be like, oh, Green Inferno by Eli Roth like 2013 or 17, whatever it was. I'm like, no, this is actually billed as Cannibal Holocaust 2. I think you saw it and you're like, oh, you should come on the podcast and talk about Cannibal Jungle movies. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about some American Italians getting eaten by cannibals. Yeah, yeah. I'm down Um, and it's in the jungle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, there there I think that there's like a little bit of lag going on, so I'm gonna try not to talk over you. Um because I, I noticed that's a thing on oh, on these right. lives. But uh anyways, like uh for me I, I saw the trailer like several years back of the Green Inferno. I don't know I what I was thinking, uh <laughs> what I was thinking trying to look up and stuff, but I was kinda like going down a rabbit hole of like obscure Italian horror films. And then, you know, I, I had seen cannibal Holocaust before and just, I guess just kind of do more research on what other kind of films like jungle films there are. And I came across green Inferno from like 1988. And I'm like, I wonder if the, I wonder if Eli Roth's was like a remake. So I kind of looked into it and I was like, Oh, Holy crap. This is supposed to be cannibal Holocaust two was like one of the alternate titles. So uh, that kind of got got me wanting to like find this film. And for the longest time, I I couldn't find like, you know, it wasn't streaming anywhere. It was kind of hard to find the film either like on DVD or Blu-ray. And then lo and behold, 88 films comes out with uh, the Blu-ray. And I mean, the trailer looks awesome i'm like dude this is gonna be like so much cooler than cannibal holocaust uh and it's like a film no one's ever heard of before which i thought was kind of crazy until i watched the film then i realized why it uh why it didn't get talked about a whole lot and it was like almost like the complete opposite of cannibal holocaust in a way yeah yeah, so you watch the trailer and you're like, oh, this is just like, looks like a bunch of fun. Like, I don't know that anything gets killed in the trailer outside of that bug getting eaten by that guy. Um, <laughs> it's like you said, the complete opposite of Cannibal Holocaust. There's no like, oh my God moments. There's no like shock moments. It's almost like an 80s cheesy friends go on an adventure movie like it's like goonies with adults in the amazon that's the movie 
like that pretty much i mean they get in some like parts where you're like oh they're about to get it and then they get out in the cheesiest way possible like you're like what really that's how they got out of this what's going on here yeah yeah it's it <laughs> there's a lot more comic- i gather for most people it'd be more enjoyable yeah it's going to be more enjoyable than Cannibal Holocaust because it's very lighthearted um, compared to Cannibal Holocaust, which is not for everybody. It's probably like for 5% of the population. And that 5% is like 20% are horror film fans. So, right, right. Even the horror community is not a big on most people Cannibal Holocaust for good reason. Um, it's a very hard watch. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust. Um, we'll we'll get more into uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Um, but uh, before we uh, uh, move on, uh, there's a couple things on the Green Inferno that uh, I actually kind of chuckled because of just the scenario was like, like what is going on here in the scene where. Like, so these guys pretty much like they steal a a carburetor and to get this plane going and then they just steal this plane and they're like, like kind of driving it down, like just like a regular like street or like, you know, downtown area. And all these people are just kind of like looking outside and like walking and it's like, what, what are you guys doing? And the one guy said something like, oh, it's a is a present from your mother or a present for your mom or something like that. And yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> it's kind of keep like driving. Like, it seems like they're driving forever, like not even flying it yet. And I'm like, well, when are they going to take off? Uh, and then, you know, they finally f- take off and they fly to the Amazons and uh, which a small plane when you're leaving like New York city or something like that, like, it didn't really seem realistic, but it's a movie and it's kind of, kind of rolled with it. Um, but they're kind of like going like on a science expedition and trying to find, uh, the scientist or some guys, I guess the main goal and along the way, like, yeah, one of the, yeah, yeah, like along the way they run that, um, sorry go ahead there's some lag yeah girl yeah no that's right yeah they uh so yeah they steal that plane and i couldn't figure out if they were in new york or italy um i don't know that there's many people in italy with jacked up pickup trucks so i was going for like you know new york um so yeah, they steal the right. plane, and it's like, like you said, they're going through downtown. People are just standing there. Then they're on a major highway, and like one side of the road's like got fifty cars on it, but the side they're on's got no cars on it. Then they get to the the water, and they, you know, it's a plane that can go in the water. So they finally take off. Um, yeah, a plane that size going from New York to the Amazon probably would have to stop a couple times for gas, <laughs> right? You know, maybe at least once or twice. Because they plane. ran out of gas in the Amazon like four times. It, yeah, I was like, how, how'd how you get from New York to 
the Amazon on one tank gas, but you ran out of gas here like four times in the Amazon. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? Yeah, th- uh, there's a lot that didn't yeah, make they go sense. To... And uh, yeah, they find a girl yeah. that's she's doing research. She writes for like newspapers. National Geographic is what I gathered stuff like that. And she's doing some research on uh, how they shrink people's heads. So that was pretty cool. You know, that was, that was interesting stuff. And then yeah. uh, they find her and they want to find this professor. That's got some research that they believe is going to make them money. That's how I, the nerdy guy, you know, talked him into, Hey, if we go find this girl and then we find this guy, he's going to have research. We're going to be famous. We're going to be on TV. And then we're going to make a bunch of money. So you want to go with, you know, to the Amazon where these guys look like they've never been out of, you know, New York or like off the farm. But now they're going to go to the Amazon with like one machete. They didn't even take anything with them, like little bags. (coughs) Yeah, it it was just kind of like, we're just going to take a weekend trip and then we're going to be right back. Like. (laughs) <laughs> like there was no yeah, preparation yeah. at all. Um, but yeah, there, there was some memorable scenes though. I mean, just the scenery of the jungle was cool. And like just some of the shots with some of the, the animals in the jungle, um, you know, was pretty cool. But I think like one of the most memorable scenes is the boat skiing scene where he's skiing with no skis, just barefoot skiing. And you could clearly see in some of the shots that he wiped out and then they kind of edited it to try to see like he was still on. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, skiing and picking up the girl from the lake, like that was or the river. That yeah. was kind of crazy. Yeah, scoops are right up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was very choppy editing. And I kind of got a chuckle just out of that aspect. But I mean, the scenes is kind of wild to even think about. All right, we're going to have this guy ski barefoot. He's going to swoop up this chick from the water and they're just going to take off. Um, it, it just. Yeah, it's weird it's, sometimes it's, how these movies. <laughs> like who wrote the story, because before they find this tribe, that's all women. Um, and children because all the men were taken, (coughs) sorry, to like either be put to work or to be killed or to have their heads shrunken. They get to the Amazon, they park the plane, they need gas. They go into this town, they get a haircut, they buy some stuff. Um, Of course, no one has gas except for the one guy who's the monkey farmer, whose monkeys go to an organization in the United States who sells or uses those monkeys to help people with special needs, which was a weird story. One of the monkeys is dead. So the one guy like does CPR and it brings it back to life. And then they work out an agreement where if they all go to get monkeys for this guy, he'll give them gas. Yep. Yep. Cause for some kind of fever dream, what's going on? like working with monkeys. So that kind of worked to their advantage where it's like, okay, if you help me with my monkey farm and, you know, to get me more monkeys, we'll, we'll work out a deal and get you some more gas. 
So that was that was kind of a weird angle. Yeah. Uh, I don't think this is definitely something that would have been written in America or would ever even be greenlit to to be made. But the, the crazy Italians, they'll they try to come up with some wild stuff. Um, and and really like, I guess like in retrospect, like if you look like the Italians uh, are kind of like the masters at the cannibal jungle films because uh i mean i think really like cannibal holocaust really put them on the on the map and then even like jungle holocaust i think uh that rogero had made before cannibal holocaust um those are kind of like i guess like he was kind of like george romero king of the zombies but kind of like rogero king of the cannibal films because after that, then you started seeing other Italians making ripoffs of Cannibal Holocaust. So, and, uh, um, just is this one of one of those things where, um, you could definitely tell that, uh, like this film in particular was a total Italian film trying to be American, but uh, <laughs> just. You could totally tell that this this was definitely an Italian film. Yeah, and uh, we had talked about how this was like for a small group of people, and we're, they're still making zombie movies. They're, I mean, it got popular again with The Walking Dead, and that's starting up again. There's some other stuff. There's not Italian cannibal movies anymore. I don't know that there's any cannibal movies. I mean, you got Tex Chainsaw Massacre and, you know, that thing in America. But the only thing that'd be cannibal right now in America that would be on TV would anything with Jeffrey Dahmer. And that's yeah. a totally different, you know, um, genre totally. even. It, you know, right. there's no jungle. There's no, you know, cannibals. It's just him. And he's a serial killer. But yeah, it got very popular and they made, you know. 10, 20, 30 jungle cannibal movies. Um, right. I would say probably like the last uh, cannibal, like Italian cannibal film would be none other than Bruno Mattei from 2004. He made uh, a film called In the Land of the Cannibals. And from what I've read, because I haven't seen it yet, but it's it's not that great of a film. And uh, which is kind of sad to, to hear because, you know, Bruno Mattei is kind of uh, one of the directors that just has cult legendary status with the Italian horror films. Um, and then, you know, just kind of seeing him sink his teeth into the cannibal realm uh, later in, in his life was just, I guess, just like hearing about that is pretty cool. But um, but like as far as like Italian cannibal films go, he might be one of the last, to my knowledge, to make one. Um, and then I think there was another. I mean, he... Oh, excuse me. And then, well, then he made another another one the same year called Cannibal World. So. I wasn't even aware of them films really until doing research on, on this topic. 
So I don't know if they're the same movie or if he just shot them back to back or, or what the heck was going on there. He was like, we already got the cannibals here. Let's just make another movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, we right. We got the like, cannibals. I got all we this got extra special footage we People didn't already use, in the so Amazon. Let's, let's go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right. Lloyd Kaufman said I can borrow the car accident uh, from the trauma movies. So yeah, we got we got plenty of footage <laughs> to make another movie. <laughs> and uh I, I love how Wait. he still went and, by his his other name, Vincent Dawn. Because like if you look up like the post or whatever, it's like a film by Vincent Dawn. <laughs> he never went by Bruno Mattei in his films. Ever Everybody by that point knows who that is, right? Like they're like, "Oh yeah, he made it." Yeah, <coughs> you see oh, him at the grocery Dawn, store, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, I've seen that Cannibal movie." Yeah, <laughs> we all forget about the Eli Roth uh, Green Inferno. Then, it, in the horror community, when you bring up Green Inferno, most people are going to go to that movie. Um, it's pretty forgettable. It's pretty pretty standard for these kind of movies. A group of Americans is going on a trip to the Amazon to protect the trees, I think, in that one. And uh yep. they get eaten by cannibals. Yeah. That's that's yep. the whole they, movie. They run into a they run into a tribe of Amazon cannibals and um there there was a couple good scenes like uh I I thought probably one of the best parts of the film was the the plane crash like just how brutal and violent that that plane mm-hmm. crash was and it's kind of wild to think that that's one of the best parts of the movie and this movie is supposed to be about cannibalism now there is a couple gruesome scenes when the actual cannibalism uh, rituals happen but you can definitely tell that you know the body parts and stuff were fake even though this is a bigger budget film, like it just, it kind of really had that, that feel like, you know, if you watch cannibal Holocaust first, then you watch this film, you're going to think that, I mean, cannibal Holocaust, that one is like a realism film. Like all that shit looked real. And then when you watch green Inferno, then it's like, okay, this is a little cheesy. Um, you know, it, it, it definitely did not surpass Cannibal Holocaust. I'll say that. No, you could tell it's very Hollywoody, you know, very big budget and very clean. You know, you, you could just tell it's not a realistic movie. As you know, it was I'm sure they had superior special effects, superior lighting, superior camera work, and that's not always a good thing, though. Like, um, you go back and watch. Tex Chainsaw Massacre and you put that on 4K and that does not do well for that movie I feel like I hear it's going on to 4K soon and it's just like I don't want that movie in 4K I want the grainy nasty way it was shot and how it's supposed to be seen right you know it's a it's almost a disservice to you know Green Inferno with Eli Roth and Tex Chainsaw Massacre to do that to those movies right i agree i agree i think um even with like some of these 
um, boutique labels that are uh, rescanning all of these older films, either for the first time or just getting newer updated scans of some of these old films. I kind of like how, and I think Vinegar Syndrome does this, but and imperfections on stuff like they'll up res the look but i like how they kind of keep like some of those like little uh pops and and just uh kind of give like that grainy look still um you know i i, I really appreciate seeing you know that on the film because i feel like that's that should be part of just like the grittiness of just of that film and especially like texas chainsaw massacre um, I don't want to see just a clean look of that film. I want to see just like that grainy grittiness. Yeah, and this a Green Inferno looked amazing. I mean, the music was good. Um, the visuals of the jungle were amazing. And I think that's kind of what pulls me into these movies is they all look good. They all have great soundtracks. I mean, you put the opening to cannibal holocaust one on and you in a group of people in a room full of people you put that opening to that movie on and you play it and people are going to be like this is beautiful oh this yeah. is amazing music it sounds great and then you say oh yeah it's from cannibal holocaust one of the most um you know well the most well-known cannibal movie italian jungle cannibal movie ever it's infamous. And they'd be like, what? That? What? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's beautiful. So they do yeah. some things well. I know one thing 88 films didn't do with this movie, Green Inferno. They didn't fix the dubbing on the on the um, people talking, you know. You could tell, like, right. they're still talking and it's, like, coming out in English. You know, like, right. eh. I mean, if that's the only knock on the movie. Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess, maybe some knocks on the film. Uh, just, you know, if, you, if you're if you're expecting Cannibal Holocaust and, and more than Cannibal Holocaust, you're not going to get that with Green Inferno uh, from 1988. Yeah, you're just not going to get that. But if you just like the jungle atmosphere and like horror adventure type of film, I would say maybe just give that a watch. Uh, it's definitely not for everybody, but like if you're into that, like the niche of what we're talking about, j jungle cannibal horror films, you know, that might be something to watch, but it's definitely not something that, you know, I really wouldn't want to have you go out of your way to watch unless, you know, this is kind of your, your thing. Um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to start know, by dipping your it. toe yeah. in the, yeah, if you want to start by like dipping your toe in the jungle, um, cannibal movies, this would be a good start. And if you enjoy this, then you ramp it up a little bit and see what's, you know, next on, you don't go to cannibal Holocaust. That would be like last resort. If yeah. you get through yeah, all the other ones and you enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you would want to know that Cannibal Holocaust, the original, has scenes of real animal death in it. 
Um, that's why a lot of people don't like the movie. They don't like the director. And I get that. I mean, um, but I, I have a son that's 17 now, and we've watched Cannibal Holocaust. We actually watched it on a, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. And I preface the movie with, this movie is not going to be for everyone. There are some very unsettling scenes in it. These animals were actually killed in the movie. Um, they kill a turtle and then another kind of um, like a rat like a, or a, a mouse. A, yeah, I don't. Yeah, like yeah. A jungle mouse, I guess. <coughs> mm-hmm. But uh, and then I a said monkey. it's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important in cinematic history, though, especially horror history that this movie was made and that the guy was pulled into court and they actually thought the actors were dead because they signed like a no appearance clause that like they were going to disappear and not be around and not show up to any premieres or anything. (coughs) Sorry. So we actually had to like have the actors come to court and be like, Hey, no, we're alive. Like we're really here. Right. You know, like, yeah, but that was just, I mean, for the movie, that's great. Oh yeah, it, yeah. He definitely wanted to try to pull off like it was almost like a publicity stunt. You know, he he really wanted to try to sell this as uh, this film really happened, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So in his contract, he had a contract with the actors so that they couldn't like to to not work on any other films for a whole year and just kind of go off the grid. And back then, you know, they didn't have technology where people can, you know, there wasn't, you know, the internet and just, you know, it was harder to track people. So, you know, everyone thought that they actually did get killed. And I think the prosecutors, even once they found out that the actors were alive, they still wanted to try to get him in trouble. So they went after the animal cruelty. And that's where they... Mm-hmm. ran into some trouble and i think he had to pay i mean he had to pay a lot of money and fines just for the animal cruelty but mm-hmm. you know as he explained like in his in his documentary the diodato holocaust um he explained that each animal you know the animals were killed but the the amazon people like they they ate those animals they didn't just let them go to waste like it wasn't you know, something that they just killed the animal and then just kind of pushed it to the side and, and whatnot. Like they actually uh, used all those animals that were killed as food. So, um, you know, I I know that people out there are against animal cruelty, uh, but I mean, there's animal cruelty everywhere. I mean, if you look at killing, uh, you know, cows and pigs and, and whatnot for for meat you know people eat meat i mean that's not that's not a taboo so just i I, just the fact that it actually was on a cinematic film i think i i guess was like the the shock factor and why people were against it but i mean killing of animals is a part of life and you know that's how we you know that's how a lot of people get their food. So yeah, there's, but, uh, there's my bit on that. And that's one of the things that, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that, um, 
they talked about on the last drive. And I think they even did a one that was just the Joe Bob. So the movie wasn't on there. And they told people, hey, if you want to watch this and you have, you know, issues with the animal cruelty, which I mean, maybe you should. I mean, maybe you shouldn't to that to that civilization. That's normal. To them, that's normal. That's to us. It's taboo to them. It's normal. And I'm sure a lot of stuff that we do would be taboo to them. Um, but they said, you know, come back in 25 minutes. Then you can watch the rest of the movie. Um, but like they showed Slaughterhouse on um, the last drive in. And the beginning of that movie is all these pigs getting slaughtered at a slaughterhouse. And no one seemed to have an issue with that. You know, like it's, yeah. it was just a bunch of pigs getting slaughtered, which to me isn't any less or more graphic than, you know, him having those animals slaughtered for food. Um, but it wasn't an issue for those people. But it's it's always good to preface it with, this really happened. I understand that this may an issue with you. Um, but this is a movie that in history of horror and found footage and shot on film movies is important. Um, especially the found footage. I mean, this Cannibal Holocaust is at its root, a found footage movie. Um, and I guess would you consider it shot on video? Cause supposedly they're filming, you know, or they find the film. Um, yeah. You know, and he's showing it to a group at a, what a TV station, like in New York and they want to show it, but he's trying to talk them out of showing it. Um, because he knows the repercussions to the tribe would be what the tribe would, you know, suffer in that movie. And that always kind of seems to be one of the underlying um, themes of this is it's always us Americans or Western or, you know, Italians invading their space and they're protecting themselves and the taboo that's taboo for us and not them so much. Um, and that's every culture. I mean, we do things here in Canada that would probably be taboo. And, you know, other countries do things that we find, you know, taboo. Um, but it's also a good insight to how things are in other countries. You know, and some of the, maybe how simple it is, you know, in other places. Right. Yeah, and like, and I, I think I'll probably put like a little warning label at the beginning of this episode because, uh, I mean, this is not a kid-friendly episode at all. Um, you know, diving into some some of these uh, genre discussions with jungle cannibal films, but um, you know, there there is a topic that I mean, we probably should have talked about this earlier, but like, you know. It, you know, like there's, there's like, I think a line that has to be drawn with some of these films. Um, you know, like when I talk to certain horror fans or uh, people that I know, like you know, their view on the cannibal films, like Cannibal Holocaust, and like that's that's kind of like the top, like where they don't want to, like that's like where they draw the line, like they don't want to watch these types of films because it makes them uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like th- this is kind of going into the horror territory where, uh, 
a lot of a lot of horror fans or just people that watch films in general like they like that's this is the top they cannot go further than these types of films just because of the graphic nature and just how with different cultures how uh immoral that uh cannibalism is um and then you know just even like with the surrealism at, at, like we've been saying with cannibal holocaust i think that's a big one too and and not surrealism but the realism of it and just like kind of has like those faces of death types of mm-hmm. feels in the film to where yeah this is definitely taboo territory for a lot of cultures and um You know, is is these types of films even okay for people to watch? I think is one of the bigger questions for most people. Um, yeah. what, what would be? Have your you ever seen like just the pyramid? The idea or, of, yeah. That it's an iceberg. I guess it's not a pyramid, but have you ever seen that iceberg of the movies? Yeah. So it starts with like. Yeah, Cannibal Holocaust is like just above the water or just below the water, and then it goes to like Necromantic and Face of the Death, which now knowing most of Face of the Death was fake, um, there is some stuff that's real on there, but most of the stuff on Face of the Death was, um, you know, like KFOB, like in wrestling, it was it was acted out, and it's not really real. There is some real stuff on it, but uh, there's some significant history in the movies though i mean that's the one thing i always fall back on like if you watch solo the 120 days of sodom stuff like that was actually going on like it may not be pleasant and we talked about do you enjoy it i mean enjoy is probably the wrong word um entertaining again probably the wrong word um maybe educational i learned something um, I enjoyed the visuals. I enjoyed the sounds. Um, you know, you go back and watch uh, Men Behind the Sun. That's not an enjoyable movie at all. But that stuff was actually happening. I think it was during World War II. Um, the Japanese were torturing Chinese, you know, and these awful experiments. We hear a lot about the Germans, but it was the Japanese were torturing, you know, anybody they would capture and Chinese civilians. Um, so entertaining. I mean, I, I guess not really fun. Um, educational. I mean, yeah, where do you draw the line? I mean, I think I, I have some friends that um, live in Germany and they talk a lot about you can't put violence on TV in Germany. Even in movies, it's really hard. Like they just were able to get um, Evil Dead, the original one and the second one. You could put wow. nudity on TV in, in Germany all day and night. Like you naked people, they're fine with. Sex is not taboo there. Violence is. And I feel like in the United States, it's almost the opposite. Like violence for a lot of it, um, you know, like Friday the 13th, a lot of those were cut to pieces because of the violence. Um, but, you know, they left all the naked half naked girls in there and all the acts of like lewd sex. You didn't really see anything, but you know, we even have sex ed in school. 
but we don't, you know, we don't discuss with our children about violence and how violence isn't okay and to watch for these things. You know, like what you should do if you get kidnapped or this, that, or we don't have those discussions with our kids in grade school and how to protect themselves. At least they didn't when I was in school. I mean, and I grew up in the eighties, you know, which was like the time of the serial killer in the United States. You know, like what do we, Oh yeah. They told you all about sex and showed you pictures of herpes, but don't worry about Jeffrey Dahmer who lives in the apartment down the street, you know, like, or, you know, John Wayne Gacy, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. Uh, I think like, and this is just my opinion, my idea, I guess, like why we don't teach about that kind of stuff is because we don't want to expose our kids to, you know, those uh, those lifestyles and, and don't mm-hmm. want to expose them to the really dark stuff. You know, we try to we try to throw Disney and animated films mm-hmm. coco melon or you know what i mean we try to show them like the happy things in life and um you know if, if we were to show and teach our kids about well here's some of the crazy minds that you know have have uh swept the country over the years and you know you talk about like the serial killers or um uh, just you know <laughs> I mean, even like school shootings too. Uh, but I mean, that's starting to kind of be more mainstream now, which is uh, really messed up. And that's another topic for maybe another time. But, you know, I mean, for teaching kids in school, you know, I think they try to teach kids other things and try to keep their mind off of things. But, but then again, the news is just full of all of the terrible things and you know netflix glorifying all these serial killers with all these documentaries and Mm -hmm. biopics i mean that doesn't help but i mean it's going to be inevitable like if these kids are really interested in finding out more about that stuff unfortunately it's more accessible for them to find out all these things a lot easier nowadays but, yeah, when uh, you know, when we were yeah. younger, there was one website called Rotten.com. Now there's probably like eight million. I mean, Rotten.com's not around anymore. I think you still kind of find fragments of them at other places, but I mean, you can go to YouTube or maybe not YouTube, but you can go anywhere and watch a video of you know overly violent stuff that's real. You know, there's there's no faces of death. I think they moved to like traces of death, which was like all real stuff at, you know, um, I don't even remember when that was like in the nineties maybe or something, but yeah, these are, yeah, these are not a nice Saturday afternoon escape into the jungle. You'd want to do like, um, the Brendan Fraser Tarzan, if you want to do that, like (laughs) these would maybe, I mean, cannibal Holocaust too is, I mean, not bad. I mean, I don't think anybody dies till, what, halfway through the movie when they uh, the kids are being captured, you know, for their organs, and then they have a little oh, firefight, yeah. and you know, it was it was mostly you know punching and kicking, you know, there wasn't a lot of death. Well, there there was uh, 
uh, one scene where uh, that just I kind of had like a chuckle of like like what kind of shit is this? Well, one of the the guy is in the river and then he he gets pulled up and into the boat and he's got a fish up his ass like halfway. <laughs> they had to try to pull oh, the yeah. fish out of his <laughs> ass. And... <laughs> This is like guys like how do I get it out of there? And they're like, so use your some hands. Chemical stuff. To... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they had a guy just you know get right in there and uh, pull that dang fish out of there. So There's two ways to get it out. Why I'm like, use your no, hands I can't, I can't or use your teeth. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, if anything well, scary Amazon. about that, I think film. you'd be okay in the in the Mississippi. I don't know if I want to f- swim in there. A fish might. Swim up my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the only cannibal thing in the whole movie was that fish. Because they remember they said uh, he would eat you from the inside. I was like, that little fish is going to eat that big guy from the inside. That's going to take a minute. You know, like he's oh, going to be up there right. for a while. Right. Yeah. yeah it was I, like this big, and I didn't really like do much research. <laughs> yeah, he was a little fish, but you know, I I didn't know uh much about like if if that's a real thing like if there is fish that swim up uh orifices and start eating people from the inside i don't know um the only thing that would I be remotely a... close to like piranhas or something yeah i think there is a fish that'll swim if you like urinate in the water that'll swim up your penis and like has barbs so if you try to like pull it out it like won't come out because you know it's got like hooks backwards so like mm, mm. i was like no i think i'll hold it yeah maybe that's how they can get the kids to stop peeing in the pool just throw a bunch of them fish right. in there don't pee in the pool one of them fish might swim up yeah. you and yeah it's not gonna be good <laughs> that's a, that's that's trauma's next movie right there i just i just wrote the script for him all right look Mr. Uh, Uncle o, Uncle Lloyd's probably like, oh man, that's a good idea. Uncle Lloyd. Jot that one down. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah, we're um, laughing. I'm going to buy it on 4K. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I kind of, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I'm a little curious as to uh, uh, since you bought the Cannibal Holocaust 4K, uh, I haven't seen seen it on 4k um you know what's what's the transfer like and did you watch any special features like i haven't even unwrapped it oh okay yeah i haven't even unwrapped it you know is it worth buying do you bought it too well i i actually don't have cannibal holocaust i've watched it on streaming and um, yeah, yeah so i, I mean the, i, I don't know if you can thought i was gonna get films, it but... so yeah nice i mean it's got a nice slip on it let's see special features i mean it's three-fourths of the back special features i mean and oh, then wow. uh like i was talking about joe bob did a uh, cannibal holocaust so i bought this i have a vcr it's in the um, closet there, but it's not plugged in. So this is the shutter, um, last drive in cannibal Holocaust special. And this is from what? ship to shore. Yeah. So, 
Dang. They were having a sale cool. oh, a couple weeks ago. So, and it's green. I picked that up. Um, that kind of got me and my son into the last drive-in was Cannibal Holocaust. I should, yeah, I had him watch it, and then he's like, "Oh man!" And uh, that wasn't even the worst. He said, "Uh, hell, one of the Hellraisers, like the third one, was the worst movie he ever watched." So, right. What are you doing? Yeah, here I pulled a. I pulled some movies off the shelf that I own that uh, are cannibal related. So let's see. Severin Films, Emmanuel and the Last Cannibals. You ever see any of the Emmanuel films? I've seen a couple of them. I haven't seen the last Cannibals one, though. Yeah. Here, I'll say that one's one's a Just Franco film, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, directed by Joe D'Amato. Oh, that one's Joe D'Amato? Yeah, Joe D'Amato. Yeah, I, yeah. I wrote down, Jess Franco actually made a couple of cannibal films. Uh, one of them is called Diamonds of Kilimanjaro from 1983. Yes, and yeah. then the other one he made was White Cannibal Queen in 1980. And that one's uh, streaming yeah, on Tubi. To, yeah. See, I'll need to watch that. Eating Alive, this is another one of the Severn ones. I need to unwrap and watch. This is usually pretty high on people's list when it comes to cannibal movies. Here you go. Yeah. Oh, I, who's this one? Full Moon. Cannibal Woman uh, and the Avocado Jungle of Death. Yeah. Nice. Is that one uh, of Fred Olin Ray? Who directed see, that one? Yeah. Digital Remastered. Let's see. Directed by no, art director. Come on. J.D. Athens. I wonder if that's... Or her or whoever. I think think that one's one of those... I think that one's like a a Vincent Dawn name. I think that was someone... One of those. Bigger director. Yeah. Yeah, Green Inferno, which is from 88 Films. Damn light. That one's got some cool special features on it. Oh, what else do I got? Man from Deep River. This is kind of what started it all. Man from Deep River is kind of the movie that kicked off the cannibal <coughs> Italian cannibal craze in Italy. And it's actually based on an American Western. This on the web. Um, a, a Man Called Horse. Did you know that? I'm sure you figured that out in your research. Um, there was a movie called a, a Man Called Horse, and it's about at a British guy that's captured by the Sioux Indians and he's made to do pretty much grunt work like an animal and he learns their language um, and befriends them and um, kind of like these guys did in, you know, Cannibal Holocaust too. Um, he befriends the natives and they beca- he becomes one of the tribe. So that's um, kind of the basis for the the man from deep river is they capture this Italian or American um, and they torture him, but then he learns their ways and becomes part of their tribe and helps them fight. I think another tribe. Um, So this was kind of like the kickoff to the jungle um, Italian cannibal movie craze through the seventies and the eighties. And this is the one I was telling you earlier. I'm like, Oh, I want to watch that. I'm like, Oh, go on. 
Amazon to see if I can buy it. And I'm like, oh, it's like 50 bucks on Blu-ray. And I'm going through my movies that I haven't put on the shelf yet. And I'm like, oh, here, here it is. I can watch it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, here's a yeah. There's here's yeah. probably two of my favorites. Sorry, to cut you off. Cut and run. I don't know if you've seen Cut and Run. Um, I watched bits and pieces Got of the it guy on from a... the documentary. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks really Got good. The guy actually. from the hills have eyes. Yeah, and I think this is Buddy from a uh, Charles in Charge, maybe. If it's not, he looks just like him. And then, and then uh, uh, I think Richard Lynch was in that too. I was surprised to see him uh, pop up in that film too. Mm-hmm. He he plays and a good bad guy in a lot of films. Got Stacy Keach and I don't know how to say Ursula Andres. She was a Bond girl, and she's okay. topless in this one. Slave of the Cannibal God. Okay. I haven't unwrapped it, but I've seen it. And she's just stunning. She's just such a beautiful person, woman. Like, no wonder the cannibals, like, end up worshiping her by the end of the movie. You yeah. know, like, she's just a beautiful specimen of a person. Um, <laughs> that right. one and probably uh, Cut and Run are probably my favorites. I mean, it's always hard to what do I give this like a two and a half, a three, a four, like on, you know, letterbox where you out of five, like, cause again, right. are they enjoyable? Eh, no, the entertaining, I guess. So yeah, I, I pulled all those off and I'm like, man, I own a lot of cannibal movies. I hope the cops don't come like, <laughs> What's like this guy, guy have his collections, cannibal movies. What's going on in here? <laughs> yeah 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 again like oh, here what, what would you like it, i don't it's hard to rate these kind of movies because you know it, you don't want to get shunned by the uh the cinema community or just people in general mm-hmm. um but uh, you know they're not enjoyable but there's something about them where you can't keep your eyes off the screen and it's like, you want to see what happens. Like you want to see the, the, what shocking images could they possibly do and how far are they going to go with the film? Um, like mm-hmm. Ruggiero in cannibal Holocaust, he wanted everything to be like historically accurate. So in a way it's kind of like, uh, a historical document in a way. I mean, sure things were added here and mm-hmm. there, but as far as like how these uh, tribes actually were and, and still are probably, I mean, I, I'm sure there still are cannibal tribes somewhere in the world, but um, just, it, it kind of shows like historically, like, like, yes, like people really did this type of stuff and this is how they did this type of stuff. So I think like that's important for people to think about um, as far as when they go back to the cannibal films, like, you know, cannibal Holocaust is probably one of the more historically accurate ones. If you're looking for like a realism uh, tribal cannibal film, I think that would be safe to say. Um, 
I, I a, listed off one a other cool thing. Films, I picked this up. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, uh, I picked this up at Weird Heralds. It's a record store in Burlington, Iowa. I always go straight upstairs to their soundtracks. Um, they have like 50,000 records, so you'd never get through all of them. But uh, Mondo Carne. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. seen this movie. So this is a yeah. 50s? 50s or 60s. Um, it's like the precursor to um, the realism, face of the death documentary style. Um, so it's kind of campy at times. There's like, hey, here's some sailors waving at these scantily clad bikini girls. But it's like in the 50s, so they're like fully dressed. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they go to like a snake market and they skin snakes for the people to eat in that country. And uh, they go to like a death house in China or Japan and uh, maybe even Thailand where people are older people. They take them there so they can pass on. Um, so like in the 50s, people were like, holy shit, like what are we watching? But like nowadays you watch and you're like, oh, it's but again, it looks great. The music, I mean, there's a song on this album called More, and I guess it's actually, like, really popular and was recorded by, like, Frank Sinatra. It was so popular. Oh, wow. So, like, I don't know what you mean by it. and I guess it... My watch is interested <laughs> in cannibal Holocaust movies now. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah, just, just fun stuff like that that I picked up. Don't look behind you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I got I got a special guest on my end. Mm-hmm. My kids trying to see what I'm doing, but yeah, we'll we'll be wrapping up here shortly. Um, I I made a list of of films for if people are interested in um, finding more about jungle horror uh, or jungle cannibal films. Um, you know, I'll kind of name off even the ones that we've talked about. Like, you know, the bigger ones would be uh, Cannibal Holocaust, of course. Can you pull that around, please? Um, Cannibal Holocaust is probably like you know the biggest cannibal horror film. But uh, more of the lighthearted stuff would be like Green Inferno from 1988. That would be like a good introduction, and even Massacre in Dinosaur Valley. Uh, Severin mm. released that one not that long ago. Well, I don't know, a year or so ago. And uh, I, you know, I was expecting it to be, you know, this really graphic cannibal film. And I was kind of interested to see, like, you know, there's gonna be dinosaurs and stuff in it too. Like, it just sounds really cool. Um, it ended up kind of being like like Green Inferno, where there's like no cannibalism. It's just kind of like an adventure film but uh you know it was entertaining in some aspects of just you know seeing the jungle and um there is like a dinosaur skull in there so i mean with with the uh the tribes uh they have like this big uh triceratops skull in there so i mean you know they kind of tied that in but um other than that that was more of like the light-hearted um Cannibal films. Um, I mean, there's there's probably a list of like twenty five to thirty horror films 
mm-hmm. that are cannibal jungle films. I don't know if I'm going to name them all off, but um, and there's probably even more out there that I'm just not even aware of. But um, there's Cannibal Apocalypse, which is another popular one that has John Saxon in it. Um, mm-hmm. There's one called White Slave Violence in the Amazon, and that one is streaming on Amazon Prime. Uh, this Jungle Holocaust, uh, Cannibal Faroe, Eaten Alive, which is another one that I would recommend. I've seen that one before, and it, it's graphic. It's up there with Cannibal Holocaust if you're looking for just like the graphic uh, cannibalism type of stuff. Um, there's, there's Devil Hunter, um, Cannibal Terror. Papaya, Love Goddess of the Cannibals, uh, Cut and Run, Savage Terror, a.k.a. Primitives, which I think that was uh, an Indonesian cannibal film. And then there's even one like uh, called Cannibal Mercenary, and it's like a non, uh, non-sploitation type of film. So I don't know. I haven't seen it before, so I don't know if it's considered... A jungle cannibal film but it's definitely uh the names there and uh, <laughs> uh i think privilege is film. down on the bottom shelf here <clears throat> yeah from severin i haven't even unwrapped it <laughs> right it don't forget that's a, one i definitely want to see don't forget a dr butcher md Oh, I guess that's yes. kind of a cannibal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. She's my daughter is trying to bombard us on this podcast. So if you hear some noise in the background, she's <laughs> trying to be on this podcast, but she has no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> and I'm glad that she doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, I guess that's, that's a decent list of, cannibal films there's more out there um but i guess you know good starting point if you're wanting to get into those films those are probably films to check out for sure Uh, yeah you're gonna get beautiful scenery you're gonna get more often than not great music um you're gonna get awful american italian dubbing um an adventure yeah i mean yeah there's that you know that split like you said these are lighthearted and these are not and then the lighthearted ones it's like a group of italians remade goonies in the jungle with adults you know like like you said they just got on a plane and went just like kids would get on a bike in the summer and go out and you know have an adventure (laughs) right yeah that's a that's a good way to put it um yeah on a plane instead of a bike going on an adventure um but yeah uh are there any cannibal uh jungle films that you would recommend people to to watch or did we kind of hit a lot of those topics already yeah i think we hit i think we hit most of them i mean and like you said start off um dipping your toes a little lightly into um green inferno this one you know the 88 one 
not the Eli Roth one. That would be further down the list of stuff you'd want to watch. Um, that's a good starting point. Um, and go from there. Like, see how far you can get. Um, yeah, there's... I almost pulled that Cannibal Apocalypse off of the shelf, but I'm like... Is it a cannibal movie in the jungle? I guess it has some jungle parts in it, but it actually happens in a city. Um, yeah, I mean there there are some scenes like, but yeah, it, it's a mixture of in the city, in like a jungle atmosphere too. So i i would I would say maybe it makes the list. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, then the lists are always. You know what you want to put on it, or what the next person wants to put on it. You know it's going to be differing opinions. Um, but like we said, we don't enjoy these. Maybe we're entertained by them, and we find some merit in the movies. Um, uh, I enjoy Cannibal Holocaust enough that I own this shirt is a Death Stitch shirt that's got Cannibal Holocaust on the back. I don't get to wear it very often because where the hell would you wear it to? You, I have a four-year-old. I can't really wear it to her school functions. You know, like... Right. I don't know if you've ever seen this shirt. Let's like, I got this Cannibal here. Holocaust hat from I mean, you Paul Bear Press. Yeah, you could wear that hat anywhere. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I can wear... Let me see here. I don't know if I can wear this out in public. Oh, yeah. With the... Yeah, with the, with the girl with the spike through her. You know, like, oh man, that, I'm not that, wearing that many places. <laughs> and that's yeah, a yep. scene on Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, yeah I can wear it too, you know. You know one like of the many that. reasons why it's one of the most, you know, I don't even know if you want to say famous or, or infamous would be the word, maybe. Infamous. Cannibal. Yeah. One of the most infamous cannibal films ever made. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I've, I've uh, enjoyed our chat. Um, I know it wasn't really something yeah. a little lighthearted, but uh, you know, I think we definitely tackled a subgenre in horror that uh, you know does have a lot of taboo, and you know there are a lot of people against mm-hmm. these types of films. Um, but you know, we're we're just trying to bring uh, to light of you know that this subgenre does exist, and there are tons of these films so you know it you know if you're into cannibal films or want to watch more cannibal films or even just like jungle setting films uh i i'm one of them guys that i i like watching jungle sets or like jungle setting horror films and there i know there's films out there that are more jungle films but uh it just kind of seems like lately there really hasn't been a whole lot of films. Um, and I could, I could probably thank predator for getting me into like those jungle setting films mm-hmm. because you know, that, that movie took place in the jungle and I watched that movie hundreds yeah. of times. And I just like, like those atmosphere, the atmosphere of the jungle is just kind of, you know, a cool setting for, for films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always tell people too, like you you don't have to want to watch these movies or even enjoy these movies, but it's just broadening her your horizons in film and cinema. 
you know, you have a lot of people that say, oh, I love movies. Mm -hmm. Well, what have you ever watched anything that's been filmed in Britain or Italy or the Amazon or, you know, by a Japanese filmmaker? Oh, no. You know, like you're just broadening your horizons. You may not enjoy it, but you can say I've maybe learned something. I know their style now because they have, you know, the Italians have a definite style with these movies and with their um, Giallo movies um, like we did in the 80s with all the slashers. You know, it's it's a different style of movie and their writing um, and their storytelling. It's it's just that it, if anything, it's interesting. You know, and you can say that you've seen a movie that was filmed by Italian director. You know, it's it's like a liking food, but only eating at McDonald's or, you know, only eating cheeseburgers. You'd want to go have um, Chinese food or pizza or, you know, pasta, um, stuff like that. So if anything, you're right. opening an, uh, yourself up to a, a new culture. So. Yeah, that, that's what I kind of wanted to get to was like, it, it, it's interesting just to kind of see like how other cultures live their life and that kind of has more of like mm -hmm. the national geographic kind of side of things where, you know, it, it's just interesting to see how other cultures live their life and what they think is normal custom. And, you know, just, mm -hmm. just that aspect alone is, you know, kind of like why I watch these types of films. And I mean, I don't watch them a whole mm -hmm. lot, but you know, I have seen, several of them and just just to say that i have seen those films um and then you know if people ever want to discuss them then i'm like yeah i mean this is what i liked about them this is what i didn't like about them i mean mm -hmm. that's you know that's just how film yeah, discussion maybe, goes maybe this wouldn't be maybe this wouldn't be your first go-to when you want to learn about another culture or tribe living in the amazon but um <laughs> It's not yeah. like National Geographic or anything, but, um, you know, it's entertaining. So this is this is the route I go to find out about other cultures that live in the Amazon. So I'd probably yeah. be really surprised if I ever went there and a fish swam up my ass. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely don't want to swim in the Amazon after watching some of these films because, man, no. No, no. It's almost scarier than the actual jungle. I'll stay here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll we'll stay here in the colds in the Midwest. Well Yeah, I'll keep the snow you know, here. All that stuff goes on. <laughs> well, uh Brian, man, uh this this has been an interesting discussion and uh I'm just glad to, mm -hmm. to get you on the show and just discuss yeah, yeah. you know, discuss a horror genre. So, uh, is there anything that, that yeah, you want to plug in and, and let uh, people know, like where to find your podcast and and merch and whatnot? Yeah, so we're uh, we're everywhere you get your podcast. I mean, Apple, Spotify, so on and so forth. You can find us on Facebook. I like it, Spooky Horror Podcast. On Instagram, on Twitter. On YouTube, I'm starting to do some videos, and our podcast gets loaded on the um, Twitter also or on YouTube. You can listen to it there. Um, our buddy Clint, my co-host, does our T-shirts. So we have two different kinds of T-shirts. Um, that one that's got our 
logo and one that's got our three faces on it. So you can pick those up at inkmares.com. We'll be hitting the convention circuit soon. We're going to go to Motor City Legacies in April. That's in a, outside of Detroit. And then we'll be hitting up, you know, Flashback in Chicago and Midwest Monster Fest. And um, I'm looking at going to uh, Vegas in October. So I don't know that I'll be at Halloween Palooza, but hopefully it's a different weekend and I can be at Halloween Palooza again. So just watch for us on the convention circuit. <coughs> for sure. For sure. Out spending our money. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, this has been awesome having Brian on the show. And I just want to say, like, his podcast is a lot lighthearted than this particular episode. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, definitely check out his podcast if, if you're into the horror genre and, you know, want to listen to some more uh, different content that's, you know, maybe a little bit lighthearted, maybe talking about, like, mm-hmm. you know, creep show. Uh, other other shows like what what would be like some of the films that you've got that uh that you all have discussed so we uh what was our last severin we did one with severin which uh, was two movies it was a killer shark movie that was like in an 80s italian movie um deep blood (coughs) and i can't remember the other movie we did but we just did a uh the not the creep yeah not no uh, god what's his name now i'm lost but uh we did the frighteners <laughs> we've done a couple of the friday 13s we did halloween a couple of halloweens um I'm sure we'll do return of living dead sometime because that's my favorite um i haven't talked him into a godzilla movie yet but uh hopefully that's somewhere down the horizon but yeah, we usually uh, try to keep it pretty lighthearted. Nothing too heavy on the show yet. Um, I'm sure maybe we'll get there someday. But um, Clint likes a lot of the 80s stuff that makes you have thought and that you have to think through. Um, I'm kind of a, you know, a little bit of everything. And my other co-host, Jason's pretty mainstream. Um, he's the big Halloween fan. So you get a nice mixture in there of everything. <coughs> sorry but uh yeah we yeah. talk about collecting because we're all collectors and uh talk about what we're going to be up to we try to get a question from the audience um that's good sometimes and other times it's really bad so we've got some crazy questions from some of the other hosts on the pfpn like a uh, tony from the brett and tony with action a podcast but uh yeah we do some news at the beginning um just you know, throw some stuff out there that maybe people haven't had time to look at um, or hear about. So just nice little, awesome, awesome. you know, about an hour, hour and a half show. So awesome. Awesome. Well, um, if, if you're watching the podcast, you can see that my daughter is uh, really wanting me to uh, <laughs> go do something else. So she's ready uh, to take it over. Yeah. I think, Maybe not on this topic, but maybe another topic. We'll talk about like hocus pocus or something. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, Uh, kid friendly horror movies on the next episode of the Rude Horror Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
Killer Clowns. I'll, I'll get her talking about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, she yeah. likes that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a blast. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, and for, for the listeners and, and watchers of the Retorted Podcast, if you haven't already, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com forward slash uh, at Root Horror Podcast, or you can go to like linktree.com forward slash Root Horror Podcast, and it has all the social links on there. And uh, just want to say thank you, everyone, for watching, and uh, and congrats on making it through this episode, because I know a lot of people would find this hard to get through. Um, so if you made this far, thank you, thank you for, for watching the film, and or not film, Jesus, watching the podcast or listening to the podcast. And uh, there's going to be plenty more content coming from the Retour podcast. I got tons of guests coming up, um, like Danny Thompson, the Britain Scream Queen, who's made like over 70 films. She's going to be on here to do a live podcast um, really soon, um, just because I don't know when this episode is going to air. But uh, um, February 1st, uh, I don't know when I'm going to have this up. But yeah, February 1st, she'll be on. So uh, definitely, definitely watch the replay or the live. Uh, that one should be fun. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's just going to be so much content coming. So uh, thank you. Thank you all for listening and watching and stay tuned for the next one.
listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.